This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Rosemary Worcester, who is the Senior Vice President of Patient Care Services and Chief Nursing Executive at Bay Health. Rosie, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Laura. Happy to be here. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about. Certainly, there's so much happening in healthcare right now, and I'm especially interested in digging deeper into how you're looking at nursing at Bay Health. But before we dive into that discussion, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, I am presently uh, the Chief Nurse Executive and Senior Vice President for Patient Care Services here at Bay Health. And uh, Bay Health is a medium-sized health system, and we serve um, our communities in Central and Southern Delaware. Um, and the landscape is uh, quite unique. We have a number of rural areas that we serve and um, some coastal regions as well. Um, but Laura, I have been a nurse for 27 years and um, I became a nurse because I love and appreciate and continue to love and appreciate the intersection of science and people. And um, that has carried me through these 27 years. My clinical background is emergency nursing. Um, I have loved my time in uh, a variety of uh, emergency departments, and I've had a number of uh, different leadership roles. Um, one of my favorites was being a house supervisor. Uh, you know, when you're a nursing supervisor on the off shift, you get a real um, valuable slice of not only people, but also of healthcare. Um, I've done things from being a unit manager and um, I've led some program development, some orthopedic service line. And um, interestingly, I um, took an opportunity in the middle of my career to move out of operations and into more of the nursing infrastructure role. And I became a director of uh, professional excellence in nursing. Uh, and this is important because uh, I got this bird's eye view of what are the professional elements to our practice of nursing that um, are critical in, in the way we deliver care. And then from there, um, I've been really blessed to be in a vice president role for almost 10 years. And um, in my time as an executive leader, I've um, been able to work at um, in large health systems. I have been the campus leader, uh, chief nurse, uh, chief nursing officer for um, uh, health campus, within a health system, uh, in community settings, and also in academic medical center uh, environments. Um, and now here I am at Bay Health and um, sort of pulling on all of those experiences to um, be the chief nurse executive here. So that's an amazing career journey. It sounds like you've had so many different experiences and I love the way that you positioned your passion as that intersection between science and people and being able to really lean into the both areas um, of, of having that people and connection while also understanding and being on the forefront of science and, and treatment and technology as well. Mm -hmm. Well, it is what we're doing sort of every day, all day in healthcare. You know, when I think about the biggest issues that we face um, not just daily, but in how we, we create sort of sustainability to be able to continue to take care of our patients. We've got a lot of science going on, um, technology, et cetera, and I'm sure we'll dig into that. 
we also have groups of people that we are leading to take care of people. And I find that that's sort of a grounding theory for me um, because it's, it really, people is the, um, is, is the center of it all. I love that. I think that's so important and it really um, sets the, the site scene well for the healthcare space. Now, what are those biggest issues that you're following right now in healthcare? What are some of the things that you spend most of your time on and are really thinking about a lot right now? So um, great question, Laura. I think um, I would be crazy not to begin with what is the intersection of technology with care. You know, you it is really hard to open um, a journal, uh, a conversation about care, um, you know, conversations with colleagues and other set, you know, and other organizations without talking about what's going on in the virtual space. And, and that's two things for me. One is what are the options and opportunities we have in virtual care and what I would call virtual care support. So, you know, lots and lots of discussion about the, um, the implementation of virtual care, virtual nursing care. And that is adjunctive to the individuals who are uh, at the bedside, so to speak, um, or at, at the point of the patient. Uh, and there's a number of different ways that virtual nursing deploys here at Bay Health. We're looking at um, a virtual nursing model that is supported in the teaching elements for patients, patient teaching, patient education, how, what does a patient need to know sort of before they leave the hospital setting, but also looking at what are those sort of care coordinating uh, pieces that we can do behind the scenes for the patient. So by that, I mean, um, you know, what is the likelihood of a patient having a complication? What is the likelihood of a patient, um, you know, needing a readmission? How do we mitigate those things um, in advance? And we're doing that in the virtual space and, and building what that program looks like here. Um, but I also look at this, you know, my job as a, as a chief nurse is to, um, you know, remove barriers, secure resources, and uh, sort of to um, uh, drive the care, but also be a good steward. And in that, I find that I want to make the connection between virtual care and unburdening our care teams from unnecessary work, right? So uh, we're going to be um, beginning an exercise where we really take a good deep dive into what is the necessary work to take care of patients and, you know, what are the opportunities that we have here locally to move any of that or leverage technology to assess. Um, so I, I think that we use the terminology virtual care and virtual nursing in a very wide range, but that's sort of what, what that means here at Bay Health. And um, other things that are really on my mind here, um, again, maybe an overused terminology here, but it, that is the academic practice partnership, right? So I'm changing gears a little bit, but. Um, that is how are we partnering to sort of give and receive in the academic practice partnership. So I, I'm going to give you an example here. Um, we have a number of uh, very vibrant um, nursing programs, undergraduate nursing programs here in the state of Delaware. And um, 
uh, we've just developed a partnership with um, one of those who, uh, you know, we're working to create more faculty for them, and they're working to create more nurses for us. And what that actually looks like is developing a tactical plan where we both have a part in helping one another. Now, um, I enjoy tremendous partnerships with um, the leaders of our um, academic programs um, up and down the state, really. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. And, and we work at that relationship. Um, but why that's important is that what we create might be something that another organization wants to adopt or use. Maybe it's scalable. Maybe it's applicable in different parts of the country. Um, but that, that partnership to, you know, sort of um, be in that cycle of how can we help create faculty at the clinical level and how can um, our academic partners um, help to create nurses. Um, honestly, I'm very pleased with how that's going in Delaware at the moment. Um, again, one of the benefits of being in a smaller state is that, you know, we just pick up the phone. Hey, it's Rosie. I have this crazy idea. Can we talk about it? Can we, you know, can something come of that? And I see wonderful things on the horizon for um, these partnerships that, uh, that I'm a part of right now. So those are, those are really the two things that come to mind immediately. There's so many other things, um, but you know, um, all of that to say, there is an operational imperative that we're living in right now, Laura, and that is, um, you know, I mentioned the word stewarding resources. As a chief nurse, I definitely need to remain attentive in these big issues to um, being um, a, a sustainable health system. We need to be very, very dialed in to the cost of care and what are the steps that we can take in the patient care services zone that can um, you know, offset costs really um, for our patients. That's such a great point, and I appreciate you talking through all of those elements because so many hospitals and health systems are working on very similar things, looking at some of the technology in the virtual space, um, how to really coordinate nurses and, and make sure that they're still able to connect with patients and, and build that relationship, and then, too, um, working together across lines with academic practices and partnerships, especially thinking about the next generation of nurses and training them and building up the next generation of the workforce. So that's fascinating to hear. And, and thinking about all of those things, plus any other operational challenges and issues you have coming up, what are you most excited about right now? And what makes you nervous? Um, wow. So I'm a very excited person as a baseline, Laura. You have to know that about me. I have a lot of energy and um, I have the sustained passion for being a nurse. It's an honor to me. So there's a lot of things that excite me um, uh, about our industry. You know, one thing though that really rises to the surface is I get excited about work in health equity, right? We've got um, an imperative as an industry to look at health equity as an action item. This is an, it is an action. It is a, it's a verb. It's a, it's a what we do. And sometimes we get um, sort of stymied or a little bit stuck maybe in 
doubling down on awareness. Awareness is a huge piece of this, right? We, uh, many organizations have had um, uh, initiatives, importantly so, in diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, you know, pulling the organization apart, seeing where we've got um, opportunities. But I get excited when we are turning health equity into that action. And, and I think furthermore, it's really about embedding health equity as an imperative in every single thing that we do, right? Um, how, what are my recruitment practices? What are my, um, you know, readmission avoidance practices? How does health equity sort of layer in and become a part of just the work that we do? Um, so I get excited about that. Here at Bay Health, um, we have um, a, a a very a, a detailed roadmap on how to be um, pulling health equity into everything that we do so that it is just what we do. Um, and, um, you know, sometimes we get, um, we might get a little discouraged when we see that we've got, you know, we've discovered a big opportunity, but let's not be discouraged. Let's see that identifying that opportunity as a gift and then let's make action. And those are the things that really excite me. You know, when I look at, um, you know, we have a, a diverse population of patients that we care for in our community. And, um, you know, they're looking to us. They trust us, right? We're, nurses were most trusted, uh, again, for the 20, 25th year. They trust us to um, be leveraging and um, making health equity our action. So that excites me. Um, what makes me nervous, I, I, I fall back to the workforce situation, sort of the state of the state in terms of our workforce as making me somewhat nervous. Um, I feel that we've got uh, opportunity to lean in and to, to be really intentional about developing our workforce. But, uh, you know, I'm a nurse. I, I love being a nurse. I'm honored to be a nurse. Nurses are pivotal. To the healthcare system. So when I think about, um, you know, the project the projected numbers of nurses either leaving or remaining in the profession, that does make me a little bit on edge. So I, I find myself turning system level activities into reinforcing the nursing infrastructure. You know, a lot of my experiences as a clinical nurse, where the nurse was at the point of the patient. And, you know, I want to be directing activities to really reinforce that there will be nurses well-trained and up for the challenge of taking care of our patients. You know, it's, it's, and it's a multifaceted issue, right? We, we study it. You know, there are workforce compendiums out there that can be really helpful in guiding our organizations. But here at Bay Health, we have made investment in workforce not only keeping people at the bedside, um, but attracting and retaining top talent. Um, so I think this is a long game for us. I think it's a long game for all of us. I talk with um, other colleagues in the region um, and, and we are definitely unified on um, activities to reinforce that nursing workforce. 
That's great to hear. And definitely, as you mentioned, so important to be engaged with the nursing workforce and really um, have the future in mind. I know healthcare will look quite a bit different um, in even five years than it does today, let alone 10, 15 years. So from your perspective, especially given some of the topics we've been talking about today, thinking about health equity in nursing and some of the different things that um, health systems are doing right now to really meet the needs of their patients, what do you think most successful healthcare leaders will need to continue to grow and develop over the next two to three years? Um, really great question and great time frame. Two to three years, I think, is um, we've got to be really, really intensely dialed in on that next two to three years. And, you know, also, of course, looking at the long game. But here's a couple of things to come to mind. And I'm going to speed date these things because I think they um, – I think it's a lot of things, frankly. But the first that comes to mind for me, Laura, is getting connected with legislators and those in government. And um, that falls under a, a big umbrella that I call advocacy, right? That is, we who are in healthcare and in nursing think it's incumbent upon us to share the experiences that we're having with our um our legislators and um, those who represent us in Senate and House um, and otherwise, understanding what are those bills that are coming up and where do we stand on those in particular. You know, this was not necessarily a core competency of, of nurses 25, 27 years ago. It is today. And, um, you know, as a nurse leader, I feel really strongly about being at the table for those conversations. So advocacy. Um, secondly, I think, um, you know, understanding that uh, leadership in healthcare is a package deal. You've, uh, I find that um, conversations I have with colleagues in similar roles, you know, we're all talking about that nimbleness that is required to move through, you know, um, the business acumen, the um, operational ability, and also stewardship of resources, driving um, the clinical care, and then understanding and being very connected with care where it's happening. Um, you know, these are not issues that are exclusive to acute care hospitals or um, you know, freestanding uh, rehabilitation hospitals or, um, or offices. We have to understand how, how to move in all of those spaces, pushing outside of what the traditional walls are. Where are our patients? Where do they need us to be? And then how do we make sure we can connect in those variety of settings? You know, it brings us back to the conversation about virtual care. Um, can I um, connect with somebody on my phone, um, you know, via FaceTime, or, um, you know, am I going to be seeing them in the emergency department, what have you? My point is we have to move in a lot of um, sectors, and we've got to meet patients where they are and figure out how to access them wherever that is. You know, we talk about people. One of the most important things we can do in leadership is go talk to the people who are at the front line. My, not only does my bucket get filled by rounding with our teams, you know, talking to people, but we have to be 
creating this environment of trust where we're going to hear from the people who are responding to a rapid response at one o'clock in the morning, uh, you know, on a Saturday night, what are their experiences and challenges so that we can really keep the system uh, whole and moving? Absolutely. I love that point. You certainly put an exclamation point on um, our discussion today with thinking about how you can make those connections with the frontline team um, and really grow and foster exactly the culture that you want and the experience that you want for them as well as the patients coming through. I, I think it's so important today, especially to keep that front and center. Rosie, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a fun conversation. I have learned a lot and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Laura, thank you for inviting me. Um, it's been wonderful. I appreciate your time too. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.